0: The best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: When I say we play pitifully, that's also can give the Appearance and I'm taking something away from BYU. BYU was better than us tonight. I mean, the second half, after we got up 12, the second half, they controlled it and we hoped to score and they actually ran offense to score. You know, give them credit. They caused us to look bad and they were successful. Welcome back. JJ and Alex, 97.5 EK, so Sports Zone. Bill Self. Now 18 losses in his twenty one seasons as the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh joining us right now on the program. Mitch Harper, he was there at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Let's talk about the environment first. Uh Mitch, is it overplayed? Is it overrated? I tend to think yes.
0: <laughs> I, I think the history there is awesome. It was a it was a great experience going to Allen Fieldhouse and seeing I mean, the names like if if you know college basketball, you just have like a reverence for that building, like walking through their their legends hall and and seeing just some of the greats to think that Wilt Chamberlain played there. I mean, that's pretty cool. And and just and the players, the the winning and that brand has always been good for decades. And for BYU to go in there and, and get a win, that's pretty big. And it's one of the all time wins, not only in BYU basketball, but BYU athletics history. Can you tell us what that uh, environment was like?
2: We saw the signs, the student section's amazing, especially the sign that said, this is our temple. That was pretty <laughs> funny. Like, it just seemed like it was a great uh, college football or college basketball environment. And But yet, BYU seemed to find a comfort level there. Uh, what was that dynamic like?
0: Well, it was cool first, too, like, be, getting to the arena and you're seeing, the, the college students walking to class to and from buildings. Like, it's right in the middle of, of the campus, and you know that's just kind of a different dynamic than BYU, where they, they you know the, the Marriott Center is on the, the fringe of, of campus. It's not in the hub of, of all the campus buildings. So you're just seeing class students go to and from, and then they head over to Allen Fieldhouse to line up and, and be in their seats about two hours before tip off, and uh, they were energized, and that was a uh, you know a packed crowd. And not only did the students stand, you know, a lot of the game, the entire fan fan base uh, of Kansas, they're standing throughout the game. And and there were stretches when BYU was, you know, down by two and Hunter Dickinson's missing four consecutive free throws. Mm -hmm. You could tell they were getting restless and they're like, this is Alan Philhouse, What are these new guys from, from the WCC doing in our building hanging around? And uh, you could tell there was a little bit of frustration, but it was a, it was a cool environment. And I think there was a, it was pretty healthy respect there was some back and forth between some of the the BYU fans and Kansas fans in in the area near the the media section it was all friendly but you know it was just fun and i think it was the people that understood you know college basketball the the Kansas media were pretty impressed with with BYU and their ability to shoot the 3 and you know because that's a different look than what Kansas provides on a nightly basis you know Kansas has that that power inside being one of the best field goal percentage teams but they don't shoot the 3 and that was the difference as BYU gets that big win,
1: I'm like really sad for you that you didn't get to come off of the uh, charter flight last night at 2:30 with the Cougs. <laughs> like, I mean, that was that's pretty cool to see all your fans roll up at 2:30 in the morning at the uh, at the Provo Airport, and see all those fans out there. That's that's, I mean, in terms of historic wins for BYU, where does this one land? I've seen a couple of different rankings, but obviously it's the best one of the Mark Pope era. Uh, I'm going to ask you to go full historian there, and this is with the reason bias of you being there last night. But what's the? Uh, where does this rank uh, compared to Danny Ainge going down the court of, in the Elite Eight, or uh, or I, I don't know, maybe even the the Jimmer Fredette versus Kawhi Leonard, or, or where is it? Where is it on the list of best games ever for BYU?
0: Well, I'd still put Danny Ainge's you know, coast to coast drive over Notre Dame and sweet 16 is number one. I'd probably put Jimmer in 2011 over San Diego state number two, just because in that moment, you know, BYU left that game. And, and you said, that's the best team in college basketball. And then, and then going down to Montezuma Mesa in San Diego and winning their network television, like BYU was on top of the world. And so those wins in that season, probably two and three. And then I would put, you know, this Kansas win in, in that top five conversation uh, because You know, you just hear the national narrative, too, and conversation around Kansas. Like, they just never lose in that building. You know, there was a conversation from some of the national media that were in attendance last night from from ESPN asking about, you know, Kevin McCuller to Bill Self and – you know they've been without Kevin McCollar for you know for the last five games. It's been nothing new. I think it just got kind of amplified because it went from a day to day status to now suddenly he's week to week and he might not return. So it became a bigger storyline in this game. But they thumped Texas this past Saturday mm-hmm. without Kevin McCollar and Nick Timberlake was outstanding. I just think that Kansas maybe underestimated BYU and and that's again that was always kind of one of the viewpoints I had about BYU coming into the Big Twelve was that. You know, being that that new team, you know, because BYU's always operated in conferences where they've been one of the big brands, and they've kind of absorbed a lot of oxygen in leagues where. This is new territory, not only being in a power conference, but being just kind of a a team where you you're not the Super Bowl, you know, for an opponent. Like that was always the case in the Mountain West and the WAC and uh, in the Big 12. You're just you're just kind of like a non-conference vibe, and you're, it's a filling out process. And I think Kansas players slept on BYU's abilities, especially after BYU had a an abysmal performance the last two times on the road against Oklahoma State and K-State. And, you know, BYU capitalized. And, you know, I think that, you know, Mark Pope's vision that he's had for this program to be uh, kind of an outlier and, and, and be a team that just leans into shooting the three uh, worked off or, or paid off because, um, you know, in that matchup against a team that doesn't shoot the three, it worked masterfully. And it's a real narrative changer for BYU because now, uh, you know, they're they're in the conversation nationally as one of the, you know, rising teams in college basketball uh, heading closer to March
2: a historic win no doubt about it for BYU in their program that I mentioned in the first segment what this win proved to me and I think to the entire country is this BYU team is built to win in March they can really make some noise and go on a deep run if you can win at Fog Allen against that Kansas team you can do some damage in March so I want to dig into the anatomy of this win with you Mitch how did they do it and how do they do that more consistently
0: Well, I think they were resilient and I thought you got contributions from everyone, you know, and it's, it's fascinating to look at that box score and you see, was it seven, eight guys attempting at least three, three pointers. I mean, everyone kind of leaning into that identity that they've been pushing on the offensive end, but you know, there were valuable minutes from everyone, you know, Mark Pope, talked about it in the radio post game, but, you know, Trey Stewart coming in when Dallin Hall is dealing with the foul trouble. I thought he gave solid minutes. It wasn't, you know, massive, but they were, they were kind of a, an underrated piece to, to that win when, you know, Dallin Hall looked like, you know, four fouls with 17 minutes to go is when's he going to be able to return to the game and S- Stewart and Jackson Robinson as well at that backup point guard spot provided some good minutes for BYU. And I thought defensively BYU tightened up and limited Kansas for the most part to you know only one shot attempt there was that one position where KJ Adams got to put back and that was only his only bucket in the second half and the 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 ability to limit Adams to in the second half I thought was noteworthy I was stunned that Kansas didn't go to him more because uh, BYU had no answer for him in the first half it was a mismatch nightmare and the Kansas didn't exploit that more and, and credit to BYU for locking up defensively because uh, they have been plummeting in the defensive ratings the past two weeks, so I think those, uh, you know, that those aspects of the game. But then also, uh, just the uh, the courage and the the confidence from Jackson Robinson, Noah Waterman, and Dallin Hall to shoot those three pointers in those moments and knock them down. I think those what ultimately put BYU over the top.
1: Mitch, the rest of the way, obviously, you got three games left uh, for BYU's regular season. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of trying to make a guess last week as to where they would end up. It was like, yeah, maybe they steal one against Kansas State, uh, but they end up uh, – no, even before Baylor, wasn't it, JJ? We were like, all right, yeah. you got Baylor still, you had Iowa State on the road, you got Kansas on the road. The only games that like looked like some, some kind of relief were Oklahoma State and TCU and maybe that Kansas State game. But uh, obviously getting wins in weird places is what Mark Pope has kind of done this year. So the rest of the way – TCU Saturday, then you got Ames uh, next week, I think, and then you end things uh, welcoming uh, Oklahoma State back in. Where does this team go from the win this week? Because I get nervous about Saturday, even hosting TCU, and the the possibility of kind of having a little bit of a hangover from that that win last night.
0: No question. I mean, it's definitely possible, and you know TCU was riding high up until you know Monday night when they had their loss at home to Baylor. Uh, they were one of the hottest teams in the league, and you know they are more than capable. They've they've got ten seniors on their roster, uh, so TCU's got a, a lot of veteran players, and they could definitely go into BYU and win a ball game. So uh, I think they'll BYU defends home court and and gets it done, and and I think they finish two and one the rest of the way. I, you, you could argue that Hilton Coliseum at Iowa State might be tougher this year mm-hmm. because than Fog Allen because I think Iowa State's a better team than Kansas and but you know BYU you know did beat them in, in Provo and they're actually a pretty good matchup against Iowa State because they're a team that really kind of takes away everything in the paint well BYU doesn't operate in that world much. So they're willing to jack up those three-pointers as much as you want to give them. So, uh, you know, I think BYU, that's the great thing about BYU right now is they're not a pushover in this league. They are competitive every single night. And to think that in their first year they've got wins over Kansas, Baylor, and Iowa State, three of the top four teams in this league, and the, the one team that you didn't be in the top four, Houston, uh, you you were tied up at 68 with a chance to go win it. And, and, you know, it was one of the great atmospheres that BYU's had in the Marriott Center this year. It's been an impressive first season in the Big 12. And last night really just kind of gave that stamp, like you belong in this conference by by getting that win.
1: Mitch Harper, KSL Sports.com. You can also, of course, hear him on KSL News Radio on Cougar Sports Saturday, him and Matt Biamonte, and also on uh, Cougar Nation, also on uh, Monday nights. And so, Mitch been quite the long uh last 48 hours for you so we'll uh, let you get to it and we appreciate it man and uh man that's a lot of fun and we appreciate you coming to the program.
0: No problem boarding my flight and then tomorrow uh, back to basketball practice and spring football starts so busy times ahead it's going to be a fun week. No uh, days off. Such a tough <laughs> life
1: as Mitch Harper. There you go. Mitch Harper everybody. Oh man. What I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what a better now Mitch has got Mitch goes to most of the away games for football, yeah. And obviously, this last season was no fun.
2: <laughs> Not a lot of great road memories. Arkansas was actually pretty cool. that, uh, was, a, and that, that was, was a really was good. Come from behind you know, win. The yeah, Chase yeah. Roberts one handed catch in yes. the end zone and to come back. That 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 was the win that gave everyone a belief and a confidence that BYU's football team would exceed expectations. Remember, at one point we we're talking, "Wow, this team could win eight games," and then reality set in in conference play. But they got off to the 3-0 start, and it's like, wow, this is – and then you're watching Oklahoma State lose to, what, South Alabama or something (laughs) like that, and Iowa (laughs) State lost to Miami of Ohio, or it was Ohio. And you're thinking, oh, wow, this, but it didn't materialize. This has been the complete opposite where, you know, this team just continues to get better throughout conference play, and we keep waiting for the wheels to come off, and they really haven't. There's been stumbles here and there. The Oklahoma State loss wasn't great. They could have played better at Kansas State. Um, who would have thought that they'd lose to Kansas State the way mm. they did, and then bounce back and beat Kansas at Fog Allen?
1: Okay, let right? me let me throw out what the standings look like in the Big Twelve. Okay, if Houston, who's probably going to be one of the they're
2: the cream of the crop. They're, a, they're, they're projected a national, one seed. They probably win the national championship this year. Wow,
1: Iowa State is a top five team or top six team. They're ten and four in conference. So Houston's twelve and three in conference. Iowa State is twelve and or ten and four. Okay. After that, here's what it looks like: KU at nine and six, Baylor at nine and six, tied for third. BYU, TCU, Texas Tech, all tied for fourth in the conference at eight and seven. Oklahoma seven and seven. Texas is seven and eight. I think that because what do we look at in terms of projected? Hey, Jeremy, what's the how many? How many teams right now are projected to get into the NCAA tournament from the Big Twelve? Is it nine? Was it? Is it nine? So the cutoff is probably Texas. Yeah, they'll the be two on the bubble. Out
0: and bracket matrix
2: or Cincy and Kansas State. So there those two teams are on the bubble.
1: So Texas would be would yep. still probably be in, right? Yes. Yeah. So they'd be the ninth team in. All right, nine teams in the conference, and BYU is like is fourth place. Of those nine teams are going to be getting nine in. teams. Two on outs
2: on the outside, looking in on the bubble, and BYU is tied for for what fifth place.
1: It's tied, yeah. This is tied for fourth, but just because there are
2: well, you, you count the other two, you
1: know. Oh, right, right I get you. So no, Kansas, no, no, Baylor for sure. tied for third, yeah, so
2: make them fifth place. That, that makes sense. Tied for fifth, technically. If we want to get really technical about the standings here,
1: fourth best record in the Big Twelve. Can I say that? Do it. There you go. Uh, all right, so there you go. Let's take a uh, let's take a quick break. I'm just looking at it too. There are only there are five of those teams, by the way, with 20 wins on the season, and one of them is BYU. That's uh, wild.
2: No one saw this coming. And credit Coach Pope and that program and the players on that team for proving all of us wrong.
1: Okay, let's hope it turns into some some kind of fun in uh, in March as well. We will come back around the corner before we do. Nominate your youth sports volunteer that you know to be the Hercules Hero of the Week. Submit your nomination at kslsports.com slash contest. You've heard us talking about this every Thursday. We read on our show the winner of the Hercules Hero of the Week, courtesy of Hercules Credit Union. You can get yourself a $50 gift card for that person that you nominate. Anybody in the youth sports realm, coaches, uh, team moms, that dad who is the assistant who's just been doing it forever, who's just an amazing influence on these kids, however it might be. Nominate that youth sports volunteer for the Hercules Hero of the Week, kslsports.com slash contest. We honor them on the air, and they get a $50 gift card courtesy of Hercules Credit Union. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. Next is Would You Rather, uh, and then we'll get to the uh, 4 o'clock hour. We've got tons going on uh, around the corner. We're going to make Scotty G come on and uh, give us a, a play-by-play of his play-by-play, okay? Is that okay? All right, we'll come like back. It. More to go around the corner, 97.5, the KSL Sports. Zone.